Hello, everybody. This is episode number 69 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. It is March 18th. Asif and I are doing this live, anyways, live late at night on Sunday night. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv. That's that place you can go and you can learn from some of the biggest names and the names you've never heard of. But the guys who are forging the way in the mobile industry, they're building stuff that you don't even know you need, but you will at some point. Check it out at Untether.tv. With me, as always, from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, take it away, Mr. Asif Khan. Yeah, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association, the place you come to to stay on top of what's going on in the geolocal, hyperlocal, something local uh, world. Uh, and there's always something going on. It's always a busy week, and we got lots to cover this week, as usual. Um, and so, yeah, why don't we jump right into it, Rob? Great idea, Steve. Great idea. So, uh, you know, we always a little bit of preamble. Let's talk a little bit. Are you in the city? What's going on? What's the LBMA up to? It's been a while since we've done a check in with the LBMA. Come on. LBMA is busy. Uh, you know, lots of uh, events going on. We have an event happening uh, this week uh, in Amsterdam on uh, mobile payments, uh, mobile wallet. Um, so PayPal and a bunch of other players involved with that. I won't be there. I'm in Toronto this week, but uh, you know, uh, best of uh, luck to to folks over at the LBMA over there. And uh, I know we'll have a great event. Um, I'm actually staying in in town this week because it's uh, Canadian Music Week, and, and so uh, there's a digital media summit as part of that. And so I get to uh, go and talk about how to apply all this geolocal thinking to music and bands and artists and how to uh, engage people, uh, you know, wherever they are with uh, with content that's uh, great content that's coming out of Canadian music world. So, yeah, it should be fun. Well, I should I should also, uh, you know, bring reference to the fact that the opening of this show that you just heard is a Canadian band called Blue Rodeo. And uh, it's like it's nine seconds of a Blue Rodeo song. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's it seemed apropos. It's Canadian Music Week. So, yay, yay, Canada, yay, music. Um, I just wanted to give an update as well to this thing that I've been working on, which is uh, this uh, Untethered Talks. That's what it's called, Untethered Talks. It looks like it's going to be towards the end of June, June 25th and 26th, I do believe, in Toronto at the Glen Gold Studio. And then a great reception at the Steam, with, Steam Whistle Pub. I don't know if you've ever been there, Asif, for that. Have you have you been to a Steam Whistle Pub uh, event before? I have. It's quite a place. A lot of history there. Um, you know, great facility for for an event. So yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. I can't I can't wait. Uh, but uh, we're just going to finalize this weekend. Or by midweek, we should have a date. Everything's set, so we're pretty excited about that. Can't wait. Untether talks. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. If you're interested, just reach out, untethergmail.com, and I'll fill you in on a few of the details if you're at all interested. Shall we jump into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So it's a busy week as usual. We're going to save, uh, you know, one of the biggest stories to the last story of the week, obviously, if you're in the location-based uh, marketing world. But we've got uh, something uh, launched at Everplace is in Denmark. We've got uh, a little Amex and Twitter marriage. We've got some PayPal competition for Square. We've also got Pulse, which I use religiously pretty much every day. The Pulse app doing local news and local you know, will we'll come in. And then, of course, we're going to talk, Wink. We're going to talk the... Wink and Milk and Kevin Rose and Google and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. We got some great product of the week in uh, Wireless Works. Uh, we got a couple of funding deals. We got an acquisition. We got a great resource about Siri and what it means to e-commerce. I can't believe that we haven't started this show already. So show it. let's jump into it, Asif. Let's do it. All right. So the first story, Ever Places. 
I think that the, uh, you know, the immediate thing that you think about if you're in the technology industry is Evernote, which is on purpose. Let's talk about Everplaces. Uh, Steve, what is Everplaces? Yeah, so, you know, uh, Everplaces is, you know, a new company out of uh, Copenhagen in Denmark. Uh, and this is really, it's both an online uh, play as well as a mobile play about saving, uh, you know, the favorite places that you want to visit. Um, and and the, the interesting thing about this is, is that, you know, people, uh, you know, people who are on this, who are, you know, sort of like, you know, on Goala or on Foursquare or on these, the, these platforms, where you're sort of following people, you have, you, you know, you're, you're doing things and people follow you and, 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 you know, just like they do on Twitter. What's a little bit different about Everplaces is that, you know, there's a place and there's, and there's people um, that you're, that you're following, but you can choose to follow people only for certain categories of things that you think that they might uh, add value to your life. And so, for example, you can say, I really care about what Rob has to say about food. Or I really care about what Rob has to say about you know music, um, you know, and so you know I'm going to track the places that Rob's going to to eat or the places that Rob's going to to attend concerts, but all that other stuff, um, you know, that's out there and, and other types of places, you know, I don't really trust Rob's opinion for those, and so it's not just tracking uh, sort of you know uh, you know the full the full hose uh, in terms of what Rob's broadcasting in terms of all the places you're going to. It's you can choose, pick and choose the categories of things that you think, you know, Rob is adding value to. I think it's a neat idea. Uh, you know, this is in the wake of what happened with with uh, with one of our stories, which is going to be uh, Oink. Um, a lot of these companies are, are popping up. And I, I mean, I guess the, the real question is, do you think that they have an opportunity? This is a very localized, very small market, very small numbers here. Do you think that there's an opportunity here for these guys to actually succeed where Oink kind of failed? I, I think there's an opportunity. Uh, one of the things I like about it is that, you know, um, there were a lot of people, you and I were both big fans of Guala, who, you know, uh, is now part of Facebook. Um, and, you know, Stigley Wall did some great things. They pivoted along the way to kind of focus on travel and bookmarking places. And one of the things that they've announced as part of this Everplaces thing is, is you can import your Guala history as a starting point into this. Um, so is this a is this really a you know pick up from where Guala left off and let's carry it forward and and see what happens? I don't know, um, but there certainly seems to be a bit of that element to it. Well, I, I just I always wonder about these things because uh, you, we know that uh, you need a big a big number of people. Mm -hmm. You need a big number of people in order to be able to do this and. You know, there's a lot of these localized groups, and, and is there going to be a bigger play where all this stuff gets rolled up into one? I, and I don't know. I, I, I hope for these services. I really do. And I like the fact that, that this is a location sharing piece. But what about Foursquare? I mean, Foursquare. Well, you know what this is? This, this is Google Circles with a location play. Right. I mean, because right. because really what we're talking about here is, is 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 small groups of people. You know, I trust people's opinions about certain things. And, and you can argue that, you know, we, we trust what our friends say more than we would trust the general public about you know certain topics. Um, and, and that's really the premise that they're building on here with Everplace. And so we'll see where that goes. But, um, you know, hey, at least they're trying. And, uh, you know, we haven't heard a lot coming out of Denmark in this space, uh, or at least I haven't. So let's let's see. Uh, let's see where it goes. All right, so that was that's Everplaces. Just go to everplaces.com. You will find it there and uh, let us know what you think. You know, is this something that can actually stick? Do they battle with Foursquare? Is this a thing that they can actually win or is are they even trying to or 
are they actually setting themselves up to be purchased by Foursquare or right. by uh, Facebook or somebody like that or, or Google? Uh, who knows? But you know, we do know that uh, a good UI is important. We also know that a lot of people are important. And uh, I think that uh, a company like Oink had uh, 150,000 or 200,000 users, it, and it didn't it didn't move. So, mm -hmm. all right. So that's everplaces.com. All right. Second story. Number two. This is this this is a big one. PayPal moving into the payment space, a la Square. Not only did they move into this space, they moved into this space with a triangular-shaped, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek, triangular-shaped uh, swipe uh, uh, swiper like uh, you know Square has its obviously Square, and uh, you know this goes to your prediction that eBay is going to be the dominant company for 2012. What do you think about this deal, Asif? What do you think about them moving into this? I, I think this is fantastic for for eBay. I think uh, and for PayPal, obviously. I mean, I think. You know, I, as you just alluded to, like I, I'm on record. You know, PayPal is going to be the company this year that starts to bring it all together in the sort of mobile commerce plus location-based deals, plus you know all the things that they have with with all the acquisitions that they've done. I think this is a good move. I think you know, PayPal's always been known as a, as a service that individuals, small businesses, have used to process transactions, and now we're taking it into the physical world of processing transactions through a mobile device with with a uh, you know an add-on piece of hardware um, Square's done a good job at uh, being first in the market and building this market um, and so I think we're gonna see more players come into this space I think PayPal is just one of many um, but I think PayPal you know has a lot going for them I mean you, you here you have you know a, a company that's uh, you know processing uh, you know a hundred a hundred million users worldwide that use PayPal mobile I mean that's a big number, yeah. um, and so a, a lot going on there. And um, like, you know, don't they have? They're undercutting Square's um, you know processing fees. So Square charges two point seven five percent per transaction. They're going at two point uh, two point seven, so just slightly lower. Um, you know, not that that's you know a, a huge difference, but I think you know the fact hundred million users plus you know transaction fees are slightly lower. It can't be a bad thing. They also have so what do they have nine million merchants uh, for PayPal? Yeah. yeah. So that 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 also has a lot to do with it. Uh, and, and do you think that Square can stave off what these guys are doing? I don't think that there are going to be some merchants that that switch over because f for that save uh, in uh, in, the, no. in the transaction fee. But I I do think that uh, you know I think they're offering a one percent uh, additional uh, reduction if or reduction in that transaction fee if if you are using the debit cards or the PayPal debit cards. But uh, you, there's some there's some conversation around you know does PayPal hold on to this? There's there you know it's like your bank account when you when you go with a, like an ING Direct or a President's Choice they hold a certain number of funds and anything over the and anything that you submit over that funds, they'll hold for 30 days, and, and that's what they're doing. And I think that that's a limiting thing here uh, because I want my money right away, and whereas Square actually deposits right into your bank account. Right. Yeah, no, there's certainly, uh, you know, some advantages, you know, to the Square model over PayPal. I mean, the other thing that I should mention is is, is this PayPal, this new uh, feature from PayPal, it's not just the thumb reader piece that, that you plug in. Um, that's a bit, you know, that's the main part of the announcement here, but the app itself that connects to, to that piece of hardware also allows you to use the camera on the phone to actually uh, scan uh, scan cards uh, w you know through, through the camera scan paper checks 
So all of that can get processed as well, all through the same app. Um, so it, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty wide what it covers. The other thing that that I saw in in the announcement is is they they've uh, basically said that their their digital wallet offering, the, you know, sort of the Google Wallet competitor, the ISIS competitor uh, from PayPal, will be launched in May. So uh, so that's you know going to be hot on the heels of this as well. Yeah, that that uh, card uh, reader, the scanner, card.io. I had the uh, CEO and the founder on that on uh, for an episode of Untethered.tv. It's pretty, it's pretty cool technology, yeah. uh, you know. So it, what it does is it basically you just take a picture of the card and it and it's it's kind of like OCR and I'm in layman's term, it's like OCR for your credit mm -hmm. card numbers, and I th I think it's very interesting. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I I just can't help but think that that PayPal, you know, there are a lot of haters, a lot of PayPal haters out there. Um, but I can't help but think that they look at this and think that this is this is ever this is evergreen. This is something that they can build. This is something that they can own. It's a big market. But what about the credit card companies? Like Mastercard was doing this in Europe. Remember they had the swipe in Europe. Yep. What are these guys going to do? When are they going to well, wake what up? What they're going to do is what we're about to talk about next with uh, Twitter. <laughs> right? <laughs> Could we have done this any better? Could we have done this no. any better? All right. Well, that's uh, uh, PayPal is introducing a Square competitor, it's, uh, and I would uh, check this out. It, it's a very interesting play. This is going to get. It's not just going to be these two guys. And then you've got a company like Amex, who we I think we like because they're they they seem to be a scrappy third card, and um, and I like these well, guys. They tr they're trying everything in this space, which I love. They are, and, and that's the best part of this. And so, what are they trying? Well, this is this is the cool thing. They 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 uh, are doing uh, automatic. Uh, what is automatic coupons through uh, Twitter loyalty? Basically, is that uh, why don't you explain? I'm going to pull it up here. Yeah, so you know we've we've talked on the show uh, in the past about the partnerships between Foursquare and Amex. The idea is is that you uh, you know offline associate your Amex card uh, with your uh, Foursquare account, and so when you go to a merchant that has a Foursquare special. You know, save twenty percent when you check in on Foursquare at this at this restaurant, for example. Um, instead of you having to show your phone, you know, when you're when you're uh, paying your bill at the restaurant uh, and showing that you've checked in on Foursquare, you simply pay with your Amex card, which is already connected to your Foursquare account, and basically the twenty percent comes off just you know on on swipe of card. And and so what they've done is taken that same kind of thinking and applied it to Twitter hashtags. This case, and so this is something that they've been testing at South by Southwest, and so uh, they've been doing it with McDonald's and Whole Foods and Zappos and you know Best Buy and a bunch of uh, of interesting brands, and so the idea here is is that. Um, when you tweet a certain hashtag like Amex McDonald's, and by the way, so so in the first 48 hours from one of the stats I saw that they ran this, Amex saw 2,000 tweets with this Amex McDonald's thing. And so the idea was is that if you tweet that hashtag, you get a $5 discount, um, you know, from you know from McDonald's by paying with your Amex card because it's connected to uh, you know already to your to your Twitter account in this case. Make sense? Boy, does it ever! And uh, I just threw up there. I'm going to throw it up there right now again. Uh, you can see the uh, Steve can't, but anybody else who's watching this, and he can see it later on when he's watching the episode. Yeah. You can see that there have been 177. This is visibly is tracking this. There's been 177,000 tweets about this. 206 tweets per hour. 
28,900 users, 66 new users per hour. The total spend has been $7.9 million on this campaign. The discounts, $1.6 million in discounts. One of the other statistics that they brought up was um, the regency of this, how they bring people back into Twitter. You know, one of the biggest right. criticisms of Twitter is that it is a dormant, lots of dormant accounts. Who, what are the actual number of users in Twitter? And it says here that 23.6% uh, of the uh, people that are actually involved in this now were dormant accounts that have brought them back in to, uh, into this. 48.5% uh, were existing and 27.9% are new Twitter accounts. So... Oh. This helps everybody, it would seem, generate the interest that they're doing. So it, 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 brings, it brings Amex, the customers, I mean, Amex customers, their customers. Um, it brings uh, Twitter, some new customers and some dormant customers, and it shows some value. And obviously, since it's launched at the beginning of March, it's done about uh, $1.6 million in savings. Pretty amazing. Right. It is pretty amazing. And it's, uh, I, I think we're going to see more of this from other credit card companies. Um, and don't 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 uh, don't don't for, don't don't uh, you know expect Facebook to sit out you know on something like this as well. No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, the number one company in all of this, McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. What does that tell you? McDonald's. There you go. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, Twitter and Amex coupons. It's pretty. I think it's a, a thing, a sign of things to come. And it's a really interesting play because everybody criticized Twitter about can they actually make some money? And they can in location. Obviously, they can. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they have a lot of interesting other location data, too, that, uh, you know, isn't uh, directly, uh, you know, sort of exposed here. But I'm sure behind the scenes, there's a lot of data that they're sharing with Amex on where these people are doing this stuff from. Well, uh, I'll pull it up what again. Stores what stores they're redeeming from and a whole bunch of other things. So, Not only that, it's about the time, time of day, which is always critical around this. Uh, and how do you, how do you, you know, there's, there's natural ebbs and flows. It seems like at 2 a.m. there's a good pop. But, um, you know, the real question is how do you influence people to go where they're typically not going to these stores? So you don't want, I, I mean, my guess is that they don't want people who are, you know, typical uh, who go to McDonald's all the time to benefit from this all the time. They want to bring in new customers or make them come an additional time or two per week. And that's the key. Sure. That's the key. So story number four, Pulse. This is an application I use all the time. My iPad is right in front of me every morning. It is my newspaper. It is an aggregator of RSS feeds from across the internet. They're partnering with some major content players. And these guys are now going local, which is very cool. Let's talk about that. Not only local, but local coupons too, which makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, great app. You know, 13 million people already use this thing. They're adding 1.5 million a month, uh, so it's growing like crazy. Uh, default uh, it comes it comes as a default app on the Kindle Fire. Uh, about 250 different uh, publishers, you know, uh, push content into this Bloomberg, Business Week, you know, a whole bunch of great guys. Um, you know, and, and and the play here is is they're basically saying, look, yeah, we're growing, uh, but we don't want to sit idle. You know, we want to grow even faster. And so how do we do that? We start to deliver really hyper-local news, uh, you know, community news. Uh, and so they've, uh, you know, two big players in the space, AOL with Patch and CBS uh, Local. They've partnered with these guys. And so they're, they're bringing all their local content, uh, you know, for all these little uh, towns and municipalities into the app as well. Um, and I think that just makes sense. And then layered on top of that, they're going to bring – 
the deal space or the local offers piece that you alluded to. So they've partnered with Groupon, they've partnered with Living Social, Guild Group, and a few others. And so not just hyper-local news, but hyper-local deals, uh, you know, plus all the, the rich stuff they've already had in sort of the big brand news as well. So fantastic uh, stuff happening in, inside the Pulse app. Well, I told you that I use this, and and when they when they announced that they were going uh, local, I you know went on to see if there was anything local in my city, and it allows you to upload or uh, search and find local, local, local uh, resources. And I thought, what's the impact of something like this on the newspaper industry, my local newspaper industry? Do they participate in this, or do they get out of this? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think they better participate. Otherwise, they're you know I, I think uh, they're already losing share uh, like crazy. And I think you know here here you have a player. You know I think the interesting thing here is is you know there's got to be a way that they can deliver content uh, through an app like this that you know creates revenue streams. And, and and so I think they're better to be a player than to to sit out and and uh, and just continue to lose lose share. Well, I. I'm with you on that, and uh, I think that Pulse is doing an exceptional job. I mean, 13 million is it sounds like a lot of users, and it really is a lot of users, especially in this space, because you've got big behemoths that yeah. aggregate like this, like like even, even uh, something, um, you mentioned a couple of them, but I, I also lump in like Zeit uh, that was acquired by CNN. Yeah. I lump in Flipboard, which uh, is, uh, you know, raised $50 million, same kind of thing, content aggregation. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a pretty busy, busy space. And, and I like the local aspect. Yeah. It, but the deal piece makes sense too, right? And, and I think that's where one, you know, a lot of the media companies who who are, are the newspaper companies also own deal deal companies. So, yeah, push your content into here, but push your deals in here too, because you know that's where you're going to basically be able to take a piece of the revenue coming back through. Like, I always wonder, I always wonder about this, and it, I, I agree with the deals, but what about the guys who are who are out there who are flipping? I don't know. We're trying to figure out newspapers are trying to turn their content into revenue. So would they go with a company like, uh, you know, like Pulse? Would they go with a company like Zite? Would they go with a company like any of these guys um, if they're trying to turn their content into revenue? And I always think that content is revenue just by page views. And, you know, if they're monetizing through display ads, God help them if they are. But, you know, how do these guys leverage Pulse? Pulse has got to create some kind of revenue source, I would I would think, for them to be able to make this really worth their while. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we don't know what that is yet. I think the deals are a piece of it, but, you know, you know I'm going to say, I might go on a limb here, and I'm going to say that, you know, I think content is still really important and good content, you know, you know people used to say content is king. And, and I don't, think it's king anymore by itself. I, I think that, you know, what what we're moving to right now, and when you think about location in particular, it's really about, you know, uh, experiential content. You know, how you know how do we bring the content to people and how are people engaging with that content? Uh, the, you know, the creation of the content, the quality of the content is really important. Um, but I think, you know, in order to start to figure out how we make money, we have to think about how, how are people experiencing, how are people engaging with that content. You know, and that's why I think when you think about things like augmented reality and all this other stuff, it's about the experience as much as it is about the content. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with you. And, and I like the idea of highly hyper-local. 
somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to show these guys how to do it. And, and why not a, an app that I use every day? And I love it. I love it. And I wonder what the impact is going to have on mm-hmm. on companies that have built their own apps, um, you know, national chains across the U.S. and Canada that have built their own apps that are now being pulled, that content's being pulled into something like Pulse. It's yet to be seen. Interesting. Cool. So cool. So cool. All right. This was all a lead up for this. I think that arguably, could it could it be the biggest story of the week? Could it be? I don't know. I, I think it's definitely one of them. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, Kevin Rose is a guy who, you know, everybody loves him and, and he's done a lot of great things. And uh, we'll see where this goes. I mean, do you want, why don't you introduce this one? Sure, 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 sure. Well, so we all know who Kevin Rose is. He's the founder of Dig. He's also the founder of a company called Milk Inc. Big kerfuffle last, uh, you know, about a year ago when he actually launched this. It was, he launched Milk to raise about $1.7, million in angel investors. He is a big guy in the Valley, a big brand, a good name, um, and uh, spun out and decided to make applications. So his first app was something called Oink which is basically where you rate absolutely everything or anything around you. It could be the chair you're sitting on, the desk you're sitting at, the food you're eating, the cup that you're drinking out of, the beer that you're drinking, the tea that you're drinking, or the sushi that you're eating. And uh, this, you know, launched to some pretty big fanfare. It uh, launched in Kevin Rose style, and uh, he built a small team around him around this technology. Probably had about, what, 150,000 people to see, is that about right? Yeah, I heard 150 to 200, so yeah, it might be that high. So he, he launched it, and then uh, almost suddenly this week said, Milk, I mean, uh, Oink, closed. We're shutting it down. you got two weeks to get your data out. It's okay because we have this great transition, which is I, I love the fact that they, they've done this. They've helped you get your data out of there. Mm-hmm. And within minutes of that, rumors started flying around. Um uh, and I think it was on, um, uh, you, you know, some of these uh, technology uh, blogs uh, broke at first. And, and obviously that, that Rose is going to Google. Rose is going to Google. And then lo and behold, as you see on the screen right now, March 16th confirmed. He says he's beyond excited that m- the Milk crew, the entire crew, is joining Google. And, uh, you know, they went on to say, uh, you know, I loved it because I use Google products all the time and uh, we're so happy. And then, of course... Um, this afternoon, he actually uh, posted another Google Plus post saying that he's starting work tomorrow. At Google, he's excited because he gets to switch over to Android. Um, so that's the backstory, and uh, so now he's just shut it down, shut it down. And I guess the biggest thing is that this is a deal that is rumored to be worth fifteen to thirty million dollars. So it, how can you not say that this is an act higher, Asif? Yeah, I mean, this is this is all about talent. This is, uh, you know, this is Google basically saying, look, you know, we need guys like like Rose uh, and his team who get it, uh, who have the pedigree, who, um, you know, understand social. Uh, you know, one of the rumors is, is that he's going to go and head up Google Plus now uh, and actually make that into something. Um, and, you know, that will remain to be seen. But, you know, um yeah, I mean, this this is an all-out acquisition of talent. It's not unlike Facebook and Gowalla no. in some respects. No, this is exactly like that. It, in fact, except it's high, high, high it's price. Bigger. Yeah, it's way bigger. It's way yeah. bigger. And, and um, 
you, you know, it's a it's an interesting play. It's a very interesting play. Uh, you know, Oink. Uh, you know, we've talked about Oink as a product. There's no market for this thing. Um, we, we knew that, but I, I got to say here that on one hand, I'm thinking, you know what? Good on uh, Kevin. That's what I thought. It was almost immediately, I, th I thought, good on Kevin for deciding that. Listen, this isn't working out. We're not getting the traction that we want. Rather than then let this thing go on, we're going to actually just old Shepard. We're going to take it out in the back and shoot this thing before it decides. You know, before people get attached too attached to it. And he can't figure out a way to make money. And I, I appreciate this. And we, I actually did an episode. We have a show called uh, Where's the Money? Oink was our first show because it was mm -hmm. just so obvious. And uh, so I thought, way to go, Kevin. That's great of you. And then the next day, I heard about he's shutting milk down and moving over to Google. And I thought, how disingenuous. And, and what I mean by that is very clearly, he knew this was happening. Uh, how can you build now a product anytime with Kevin Rose that you'll have faith that will be around in a week or two or three or four or six months or a year? I think that what he did uh, on the right side, which was shut down Oink, but I, I just, it, it leaves me feeling a little bit icky. Good for him because it was probably a big acquisition. 15 to 30 million means each one of these guys net a couple of million bucks in their pockets. I don't think he needs some money, but um, it just shows that his heart wasn't into it. The commitment to the product and the company weren't into it. And I, you know what? Quite frankly, if I was an active user of Oink, I'd be pretty pissed about this whole thing. So I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm mixed of this, and and uh, that's that's my rant. Uh, but uh, good good for Google, I suppose. Yeah. Good for Google. It is good for Google. I think I think this is a great move for Google. Um, you know, I, I applaud the uh, you know uh, the fact that he actually shut it down and gave people a, a chance to to move their data out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sort of with you on the um, you know. Can we trust Kevin Rose to go and build something uh, again? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But anyways, good for Kevin Rose and, and for his team because um, they've all come out well. Moving on. They've made some millions. All right, moving on. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. Nice nice segue. Um, maybe it's just uh, spite and jealousy. Maybe that's what – you think that maybe that's what – maybe. Yeah, a little bit. <sighs> All right, so that was it. Our top five stories. We had uh, we had Everplaces. We had PayPal taking on uh, Square. We had Twitter with Amex coupons. We had Pulse going local, local news, local coupons, and then of course Kevin Rose shutting down Oink, shutting down Milk, and selling out to Google. And he's going to go in there and save Google Plus, and that's going to be a big task. Maybe that's what it is. Five stories. If you got any better, reach out on tethergmail.com or asif at the lbma.com. We'd love to hear from you about those stories. If you have any insight or feedback, if you think we're wrong, you think we're right, let us know. Please, 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 please let us know. Now it's time for the product of the week. I'm going to get it uh, like an interstitial graphic for that, like a product for the week. But for now, uh, that's what that is. Let's talk about this company. This is a company called Wireless Works. Yeah, so I had the uh, the great opportunity to sit down with Patrick Blattner. Patrick is the product officer for Wireless Works, and we sat down earlier today actually and talked a lot about uh, you know what they're doing and indoor location and and sort of the, the value of that to the industry and, and and to merchants and retailers in the space. So why don't we uh, why don't we get right into it and hear what uh, what Patrick had to say? All right, here's Patrick Anasif. Talking about wireless works. Well, it's fantastic. Again, yet again, we get to sit down with one of our uh, members of the LBMA, 
And today I'm uh, privileged to be with Patrick Blattner, Chief Product Officer of Wireless Works. Patrick, welcome to uh, This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Steve, thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so why don't we jump right into it. Why don't you tell our audience, you know, who is Wireless Works? What are you guys all about? Well, Wireless Works was actually a company founded 10 plus years ago. We were um, founded in GPS global positioning. We actually uh, tracked physical trucks going through uh, locations in South America many, many years ago. That transitioned over to um, kind of public safety 911 space um, about five years ago. And that's when we switched kind of our technology um, to Bluetooth and understanding and tracking Bluetooth devices. Um, the reason we did that was if you think about all of the handsets out on the market today, and I think what's what's the uh, number that you have, let's see, is it about 237 million in the United States? Yeah, it's over 230 million, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so of those, now we see about 101 million of those um, actual smartphones. So when you look at Bluetooth across the whole spectrum of devices in the United States, and we were in the public safety sector, we had to cover the majority of the um, of handsets in the market. And of course, at that time, smartphones weren't even relevant. But as time has gone on and smartphones started to come into play, we still cover um, now 99% of all devices in the marketplace today. Um, so as time has gone on and we started to talk to retail, and as you frame this, frame this up and understand pure opportunity um, in brick and the challenges that they're facing, um, we started to find that in traditional um, in traditional understanding of consumer behavior in stores, uh, there are camera companies, for example, that track consumers walking into the physical front door, and you understand products that are being purchased through POS. But if you're looking at a 50,000 square foot store, you see that there's about 48,000 square feet there that there really is no understanding of what's going on. So when, when we looked at the new opportunity of how to take our technology and parlay it into the future, and how it cuts across, you know, grocers, convenience, um, mass market or mass merchant. We started to see that using our physical nodes, we have these little Bluetooth sensors, if you will, that you can put in different locations within within uh, physical brick and mortar. We saw that there was a pure opportunity to understand that other forty-eight thousand square feet and what consumers are doing. Great. Now, it's, it's go ahead. No, no. So I was going to say, so, so maybe just to, to, to sort of encapsulate, encapsulate what you're saying there, what we're talking about here, I mean, what Wireless Works really is, is a company that understands the inside of a, of a retail space and what's happening in terms of where people are going, the foot traffic, the patterns, and analyzing that and, and, and providing real data and analytics to, you know, to those merchants, to those, you know, the owner operators of those retail spaces in terms of understanding how they can go about, you know, better uh, designing displays and planogramming and, and charging for real estate and things like that. Is that, is that fair? That, that's fair, exactly right. And the way that we think about it is we think about taking a traditional online network operations center where you do real-time yep. traffic, bringing that to retail. And where, where we're going with this is that if you think in terms of putting the power in the store manager's hands, district manager, regional manager to the corporate environment, we actually have an interface and dashboard where um, at every level of the business, business, they can see the heartbeat of their company and make split decisions based on consumer pathing at that point in time within the company and stores. 
Fantastic. So, so let me let me just kind of put this in in context for our audience in a slightly different way. A lot of the solutions that we hear about today that get a lot of the the buzz and sort of the consumer brand uh, stuff that we hear about, like Facebook Places and Foursquare and all this other stuff. Um, you know, I would say most of that is focused on on driving traffic uh, to a retailer or, or, or to a merchant. You know, in terms of you know, increasing the the footfall to use retail terminology, but what you're talking about is is okay. People are already in the store now. You know, how do how do we understand who they are and what they're doing while they're in the store? Um, so, is, is there a role for both? Would you argue? I mean, do, do you need as a retailer? Do you need a Foursquare uh, to drive traffic to the store and something inside the store to kind of better analyze what's happening? I think, you know, traditional brick and mortar is in a very interesting time right now, and I think it's important to do both. Yeah. Um, one of the things when you think about traditional apps, though, you have, you have number one, you're, you're dealing with a smartphone market, so they only are available in smartphones as opposed to feature phones. We sample set, just so I uh, am clear on this, is we sample set only Bluetooth-enabled devices. Um, so as you pair your device with your um, vehicle, for example, Bluetooth is on. That's how we sample uh, consumers' behavior um, trafficking through environments. But I think traditional retail has to do push traffic um, with promotions and, and things of that nature in, into the store. They also use gamification um, to drive consumers and go ahead and scan apps and get into certain locations to help fill basket size. However, what that doesn't get to, it doesn't get to traditional understanding of um, consumer behavior and what their natural behavior patterns are. And I think that's where we really start on. And we have capabilities to understand first location that a consumer goes within a store and how this really translates into importance. And we're sitting as we're going through some pilots right now. If you take, for example, um, a, a traditional grocery store, we have the ability to understand from entry to, um, let's say, produce to frozen foods to POS to exit. We can say that. Of all of the traffic going through, or all of the sample traffic going through your grocery, 30% of your repeat business is actually going through these channels in these steps within, within your store per week. And it'll help them optimize not only the layout, but also um, put in promotional upsell, cross-sell opportunities in front of those repeat customers as we understand repeat behavior as well. But, you know, to encapsulate, that is, yes, there is room for both, and I think there's a need for both because retailers are really measured on revenue per square foot on a quarterly basis. And to do that, you have to deploy bigger basket sizes and optimize your store and your advertising dollars. That's fantastic. So, um, so they got to be doing both. They got to be doing a little bit of push and driving traffic too. They got to have better analytics, understanding what's going on in their stores, and you guys can help them uh, with things like that. Um, you know, you're focused on Bluetooth. What, what, what's next? Uh, you know, maybe if you were to project 12 months into the future and kind of look at, you know, the indoor location space, um, you know, if you want to, you can talk about a specific uh, thing that you guys are doing, but, but just generally, you know, what, what's happening in the industry and kind of, you know, what's coming 12 months down the pipe? Well, um, in our space, in our space uh, right now, what's happening is you have a number of different technologies that are being deployed in this space. Um, you know, from uh, competitors over in Europe to uh, some here, when you talk about Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, there is you can do a lot of you can do a lot of things with both. However, uh, the actual ease of integration, the barrier to entry, 
um, the capability and let's, let me just give you an example of ours. So we've deployed in a number of uh, stores in a top 10 um, retailer over the course of the last couple of weeks. And um, if you take a, a store of around, let's say 1200 square feet, and we have 20 zones within um, each of those stores, we can set that up within three hours. Now, when we look at a traditional Wi-Fi solution, number one, you have differences in being able to understand close proximity of where that consumer is. However, if you if you really spend a lot of time in setup, you can get closer proximity to that consumer. Um, but I think there is this uh, this back and forth on what's the right technology to use as brick and mortars and retailers are trying to understand that. So there's an education process. Once that education process starts to take off, and I think what you're going to see is one or two of these companies, such as ours or, or one or the other, um, may start to make some headway with press release, the education will will increase. And then if there is, um, if, if they start to see optimization of a half a percent to a percent based on this technology being within stores, and you're looking at a $50 billion business, you're talking about a billion dollars in optimization. Right. So it just takes that one company um, to take a chance and use one of these technologies. Uh, and then I think you're going to see it, um, a, a number of others fast follow on. That's great. Thank you. And, you know, and hopefully I think, you know, part of the role of the, the LBMA, the Location-Based Marketing Association, is to help educate, you know, we have a lot of retailers who are members and, and to help get them comfortable with, you know, what are, you know, the, uh, the different types of technologies available in this space and help to, f you know, fill some of that gap in the education that you're talking about. So, anyhow, we really appreciate your time. And again, for our audience, we've been sitting down today with Patrick Blattner, Chief Product Officer of Wireless Works, uh, based out of uh, Anaheim uh, area. So, Patrick, thanks for your time. I really appreciate you being on the show and uh, look forward to chatting with you again sometime. All right, Steve. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Cheers. And that, that is uh, Patrick Blattner, the Chief Product Officer for Wireless Works. So, Steve, great, great, great spot. I love when we bring guests in like this that just uh, give a little bit more insight. Ah. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, this week, uh, if all goes well, hopefully we'll be talking about uh, augmented reality coming up. So uh, interesting stuff. It's uh, it's good, too, when we get to cover all sort of different aspects of the industry. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. That's why I do these things. That's why we do these things. So that was it. Product of the Week, Wireless Works. Go to wirelessworks.com. That's wireless with a W-E-R-X.com. And check out Patrick's company. Really appreciate it. Him coming on. Thank you, Patrick, for being a part of this week in location-based marketing. All right, on to the funding, man. On to the funding, and, and we should call this funding and M&A. Lots of acquisitions happening this year. Lots of funding happening this year. We're going to jump right into this. This company called 500 Friends. I was going to say, like, I wish I could come up with, I should have come up with the number of pennies. or They raised $5.9 million. <laughs> I, I don't have anything witty to say. So uh, talk about 500 Friends, Asif. I only don't. Yeah, I don't so have that many. Friends is a company that uh, basically does um, social technology uh, for e-commerce. Is how they describe it. So mostly in e-commerce, um, and uh, raised uh, you know a bunch of money this week, as you indicated, from Crosslink Capital and Intel Capital as well. So there's a lot of players in this industry: Bunchball, Badgeville, a lot of guys I see at a lot of location conferences that I go to actually. 
Um, and, and it's, uh, you know, 500 friends. What I like about this is, is that this is about reward, re rewarding people and creating loyalty in an e-commerce framework, whether that's, you know, pure, pure online or through mobile uh, e-commerce. Um, but it's all about the loyalty piece and it's all about rewards. Um, and so, you know, interesting things going on here and, uh, you know, there, there's some sharing and some Twitter pieces with Facebook, uh, uh as well. So, um, but again, this, this is, you know, capital from some big guys, Intel and Crosslink, um, 5.9 million bucks and, uh, all about generating more loyalty. And we can't, I can't talk enough about loyalty. I mean, there's, you know, we talk about it all the time. It's, you know, we can't just drive traffic. We got to actually build a, an ongoing customer base for a lot of these sites, whether it's physical retail or e-commerce. So, I mean, what do you think that they're going to be doing with this with this money, Asif? Did, did they give any indication about what they're going to be doing with with it? I didn't see any other than the usual. You know, we're going to be uh, expanding the team and uh, you know adding some new features and functionality, but you know nothing specific. All right, well, five point nine million dollars is is nothing to uh, frown upon. We would take. One fifty ninth of that as a sponsor for uh, this week in location based yes. marketing. Anybody out there? Please let us know. We are open. We're open to uh, taking money, lots of money from lots of people. We're okay with that. Yes. So five hundred yeah, friends raises five point nine million dollars. Second story. Here's a here's an interesting play. Uh, AOL walks in buys hipster apparently this whole photo sharing thing is uh is hot well i don't know how hot it is i, I think uh, i think a lot of the the guys who've been in this space who are who, or who tried to be big in this space have already failed or exited uh and those that are still there are being acquired by the big guys and i'm not not surprising and you know it surprised a little bit that it's a well, in some respects, but, um, you know, hipsters, you know, one of the big, you know, or sort of one of the better known or branded ones out there, uh, iOS and Android. Um, I didn't see any numbers on this. I don't know if you did, Rob, in terms of the size of the deal, but, uh, you know, and it, it was an interesting play because this was all about taking photos and turning them into postcards. So, yeah, good for AOL. Yeah, and it sounds a lot like Sincerely, uh, the, the folks who uh, made uh, Postagram. Um, and now kind of moved over into the whole um, Facebook places, Facebook space as well for Facebook photos. And I think that that's, I mean, it's interesting. All these companies, uh, you know, built uh, built with as a feature of somebody else's larger product. Interesting that it's AOL, but AOL has bought, look at what they've bought in terms of blogs and, and content. And yep. this is only natural. Yeah, I think one of the things that I thought was interesting in the in the announcement when I read it, the details around this is, is that the team that's coming over, the the hipster team that's coming over, is the, uh, they're going to be continuing on with hipster, they say, uh, as part of AOL, but they're also going to be spending time on Patch and some of the other uh, AOL products. So it's not uh, they're not staying completely hipster. They're basically again talent acquisition. Uh, and applying, uh, you know, some of this talent to other parts of the AOL, uh, you know, uh, product ecosystem. So kind of cool. Well, uh, you know what? It, it's um, these companies are now getting so big again, and with so much power and so much concentrated power and so much media power uh, that AOL. Remember the whole AOL Time Warner thing happened? They got big, mm -hmm. they merged, and they broke up, and now they're now AOL's on this acquisition spree where it's where they're taking up all these companies. And I think that that uh, that's got to play heavily. Is is how 
how nimble can a company like AOL really, really be these days? And can they hold on to their employees and, and do all those things that they need to to compete in this space when they acquire something like right. Hipster, right? I mean, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting place. So AOL acquires Hipster. No, we don't know what the the terms are yet. Uh, if you if you know them, just leave a leave a comment wherever you find this, please. Really appreciate that. Yeah, please. All right, the last uh, deal here, um, Boku. This is Boku Bucks. Yeah, I had to do it. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there. All right, so let's. I got a video here that we're gonna flip over to, uh, and we're gonna play the. Uh, if for those of you who don't know what Boku is, here's a one minute video of what how Boku describes itself. Okay, we're just gonna flip over there right now. Cash is great. I certainly enjoy it, but cash is also a little dim. It doesn't remember where it's been spent. It doesn't know where the good deals are. But what if you had something that's as fast and easy as cash, but much smarter? And what if it was in something you already carry around with you wherever you go? This is a new way to pay, and it lives in your mobile phone. When you walk into one of your favorite shops, it'll chime in. It's quite smart. It knows when you have a special offer, and it knows when you want to use it. So merchants can give you a great reason to buy and a great reason to keep coming back. Redeeming an offer and making a payment couldn't be simpler. You get instant insight that cash and debit cards can't give you. So you save money and spend wisely. And it's brought to you by your mobile provider. But this isn't just smarter for consumers. It's smarter for mobile network operators. You'll be giving your subscribers the power to make mobile purchases at any merchant who accepts payment cards anywhere in the world with a turnkey solution that's built to scale through a partner you know, all at no cost to you. Smarter phone, smarter payments. Boku accounts. So that's Boku. Basically, what every other company in the payment industry is, is doing. And it's a battle, isn't it, right now? These guys just raised $35 million to compete from Telefonica, which is an interesting play. Yeah, it's actually Telefonica uh, and uh, a group called enterprise associates so 35 million bucks um yeah i mean tons going on in the mobile uh, payments uh, space we talked about square we talked about uh, paypal earlier um you know the interesting thing here is is you know boku's company has been around for a little while you know a few years now apparently they have 250 mobile network operators uh that are already working with them and they operate in like 67 countries so these guys aren't aren't uh you know, just a little a little guy operating in, in one part of the world. They're all over the place, um, and, and they're doing a lot of things. So, 35 million, you know, good good fuel coming into the tank there. Um, Telefonica is also signed as part of this. It's not just money. They've signed a, a distribution agreement, so they're actually using the product um, as well. So, there you go. Well, I, I you know I couldn't I, I I can't think of. Well, I can. There's three, four, five companies that are vying for this space. And I'm just wondering how much of this, you know, this whole mobile payment space where you've got PayPal and you've got Square and then you've got you've got these guys, Boku, and you've got right. uh, Bango, and you've got all of these massive companies that are trying to build in this space. And then you get the credit card companies and you get, oh, oh my God, you got Facebook. I, there is a collision about to happen in this space of, um, you know, insane proportions, and it's about to happen. It's got to happen soon. Where, yeah, where there's there's just going to be fallout everywhere. I think. Well, I think you're going to see some of these. You know, you know, even despite the size of some of these companies, I think I think we're going to see some serious uh, acquisitions start to happen. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys sitting out there right now with. Yeah, a gazillion of dollars of cash and on the balance sheet, right? That are waiting to do some things. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of this 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 company that just put out a new iPad the other day. 
Um, you know, they got to be doing something. Who, who's that? So, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, anyhow, um, yeah, it, there's going to be consolidation for sure. Yeah, speaking of that, the old well, let's close out on that. So Boku Boku raises uh, 35 million from uh, Telefonica. This is a big space that's about to. Uh, I think that um, there's an, actually an announcement sometime this week. Maybe by the time you've watched this, there was the announcement that Apple is is uh, talking about what they're going to do with with what I think is a war chest. Like uh, you know, probably after this past weekend, you know, somewhere in the realm of about a hundred billion dollars sitting in the bank, which is just crazy, crazy amount of money. Um. You know, speaking of which, did you uh, did you happen to pick yours up there, uh, Asif? Oh wow, really? Why is that? Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm the guy. I always go, uh, you know, second generation, fourth generation. I always skip one. So you have you have your you have one. You have the iPad too. Yes. Okay. See, I don't. I have two of them actually. You do. Yeah. Wow, man. Wow. I know it's crazy. Well, I have, uh, I have, I've jumped over here. I'm now an iPad uh, three owner, and uh, I, man, I love it. I can't tell you how great this this thing is. It, it's it's saved me. It's uh, it's faster. The screen is great. Anyways, what everybody everybody's saying, um, I think the best thing that I, I saw was Chris Saka, who is a a local, not a local, but an angel investor and a uh, an entrepreneur said that he was sitting in a uh, cafe, pulled out his iPad, what they're calling the iPad, the iPad 3, um, and uh, literally people saw it, got up, walked out, and went to the Apple store to buy it. Two people, he said, in succession. So I think that's that's the power of this device. Anyway, so, all right, 500 nice. friends, closes 5.9 million AOL acquires Hipster, and Boku raises 35 million from Telefonica. Those are the, those are the deals of the week. Last thing to get through before we put this show to rest is a resource of the week, Asif. Why don't you roll with that right now? Yeah, so this is from eMarketer. And, and, you know, we often go to eMarketer for the resource because they have such great articles uh, and data that they put out. And uh, so this one's entitled, What Siri Means for the Future Mobile and, and I, I pulled this one out because so much of what we talk about on this show, location is bills and, you know, shopping and retail, the impact on merchants and, you know, transactions and mobile commerce and all of that. But we don't often talk to, we have talked about Siri, obviously, on this. We've talked about EV and some of the other voice uh, technologies. But what does it actually mean for shopping? Um, and so some great new data out um, that you'll see in this, in, in, this, uh, in this piece here. This is from the Catapult Shopper uh, Lab, uh, just, just done last month, actually, February. Um, and so it looks at the ways U.S. consumers uh, are, are, are using or have thought about using uh, Siri for shopping. So things like, you know, are you using it to look for coupons or deals, you know, from a voice perspective? Are you comparing prices? And some fantastic data in here. So, uh, you know, take a look at this. It, it, it's an interesting resource. Yeah, I often think about uh, what the impact of Siri is going to be. You know, we're, we're looking at what the impact of Siri is going to be on, on search right now because it's going to replace the necessity yeah. to type something in like a Google, a la Google, and it's just going to give you results. You don't care if it's Google or what. And it's also going to have an impact on their advertising dollars because it's just going to display results and it's going to be owned by Apple. I think that this has a far greater impact uh, when you start to think about how this is going to assist you with everything. It's like, 
um, I'll be driving in my car and based on some algorithm or some analytics, it'll say, Rob, the Starbucks that you normally go to, the lineup is 19 minutes for a latte. Go to this one instead. And when you get that kind of AI and that kind of ability <laughs> built in, yep. you're not even looking for it. It's just, it's nuance shifts in the way that we do things. So instead of going to the one over here, I'm going to go to the one over there. They've lost my business. Series made a, a better friend out of me. Just an example. But that's the kind of stuff that we're getting into with this whole big data and small crunching for the yeah. small screen. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait. So exciting. So. No, I love it. And I think I think I, I completely agree. I think voice navigation, voice query, voice search, voice comparison shopping, all this stuff. I mean, it, yeah, it just has to go that way. I mean, it's just, especially in today's culture where we're always on the move, we're driving, we got hands-free laws, we got all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it just makes sense. So anyhow, check, take a look at that. What Siri means for the future of mobile shopping, e-marketer uh, report, data from Catapult. It's right up there. Shopper so Lab. the link is right above this video. If you're watching it on, on Tether.tv, if not, you're going to have to do a Google search for what Siri means for the future of mobile shopping. That's it. Asif, ep episode number 69. We're My done. Apologies. It seems like we're under constraint for some reason, bandwidth constraints. Uh, don't know what it is. Um, but my apologies we'll hopefully uh, fix that for for next week and as you can see we're uh, modifying the way that we're doing this show we're trying to i'm trying to edit it live i don't know if you can notice that i try to be very coy when i look down like this and i try to hit a button um but uh, we're working out the kinks and uh, i'd love some feedback i think both of us would about the new format of the show whether it's actually working yeah. for you or not, you want us to go back to the old format, which, by the way, took me 90 minutes to edit. And I'm trying to cut down on the editing so we can get this up more timely. Um, so love your feedback on this. Please, please, please reach out, untether at gmail.com. And, of course, if you like this show, if you hate this show, reach out to us. Actually, send that to us, Seif, at the LBMA. Hate mail goes to him. Compliments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come on. Love mail goes to we do this each and every week. We appreciate you guys coming each and every week to come and uh, listen to what's going on in this industry. We would love some feedback. We're getting some great feedback. Numbers are way up. We really appreciate it. Every week is a is our best week. We we love the fact that this happens. We're right here at the best spot. Yeah. And awesome. Yeah. Keep it coming. We are uh, 69 right, episodes thanks. in. We will be back next week for episode number 70. Thank you guys for watching. Asif, always a pleasure, man. I love doing this with you, man. We'll see you next week on This Week in Location-Based. Yeah, Thanks, Rob.